the shared concern, the shared fears are very similar. How do you as a leader then manage that? There are strategies. There's ways that you communicate. There's ways that you can delegate. There's ways that you can have accountability conversations, how they have value, how the work that they're doing is going to contribute to big picture outcomes for the organization, for the people that they work with. Why would we not all want that? The people that recognize that, that figure out how to manage it from that lens, the ones that are making decisions that allow for those voices to be heard, they're the ones succeeding. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Kevin Mowers from Crestcom. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Hey, Mike, glad I'm here. I'm, I'm loving this conversation that we're about to have today. Awesome, Kevin. So for people that may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about what you do and what Crestcom does. I'm located here in Northeast Ohio, just outside of Akron. Uh, my passion is leadership development. It's been a part of my entire career. I used to be in higher education, kind of moved out of that, started my own business doing leadership development, consulting, training work. Crestcom is a global organization. We're in about 80 different countries, and we're delivering this content every single month to people who have a desire to want to be better. You know, if you work with people, if you are a manager, supervisor, if you are a CEO, I don't care what your position or title is. If you work with people, you need to wake up tomorrow and do it a little bit better than what you did today. That's what we talk about all the time in Crestcom. That's what leadership is. You know, it's amazing to me, systematically, just the thought I had you talking, we go for job interviews and almost everything's based on hard skills, right? Yeah. And I know people aren't calling them soft skills anymore. They call them advanced people skills, but I still call them soft skills. But when you apply for a job, everyone wants someone with soft skills, but all the barriers to employment, education, experience, work history, it's all based on hard skills, right? And so exactly. we really want, and I know soft skills can be hard to measure, but there's a huge gap. And so when we hire these people, because we're looking at all these credential type stuff, we bring them in. It's not that they're not important, but you bring them in and you're like, oh, geez, this guy's not showing up. Or, hey, this guy's a jerk to work with. Or, mm-hmm. man, no one wants to listen to what he has to say. He's not a good right. leader. They don't right. have any management skills. Systematically, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, aren't we? Oh, without a doubt. In fact, we talk about that in one of our modules in our program. It's this notion about how do we recruit and retain employees, not just recruit, not just hire, but actually retain. And that retention is is what I call a lifelong process. So from the moment they click on that button to the time that they retire, and I would say even beyond that, how do they become excellent employees? How How do you retain them? How do they become a lifelong customer for you? Uh, and again, you know, our customers aren't just the people that, that pay us, it's, it's our people that we work with. So that recruitment and retention piece is, is a critical part of the process. And, and I would make the argument that, that the way you set your interview process up, the way you ask your questions, the way that you market, the way that you onboard and train, the way that you advance careers, promote people, all of that should be tied back to some of these premises that you and I are talking about. Like, how do you be a good, effective leader? How do you communicate effectively? How do you delegate? How do you hold people accountable? How do you manage your time and priorities? You can find all that stuff out from the very beginning. It all comes down to how you manage your recruitment and retention lifelong cycle process that takes work. Our systematic approach has been to default quickly interview, try to get as many people as we want to or as we can. And right now it's hard to just find people. I get that, but it's 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 causing issues. Let, right? Let's We're, sit on that for a minute because yeah. I think 
that's the key when I hear everyone complain about I can't get employees. Well, what about retention? Why yeah. are they leaving? Because there's one quote. I know you and I were joking about leadership quotes before we started recording, but there's one quote that I absolutely love, and I can't remember the statistic they put with it, but it said, people don't leave companies. They leave bad managers. Yeah. And yeah. that tells me right there, there's a leadership gap. There's yep. a leadership gap in every industry. I've seen it in sales, yep. right? I've seen it in industry. I've seen it in construction. I've seen it in social services. There's just a widespread lack of leadership because yep. in a lot of part that come, goes with the people skills, we're not really being taught that too much anymore in right. most places. So there's really like kids aren't being raised up with, with yep. a lot of that stuff. So there's a huge, huge gap, isn't there? Yeah, oh yeah. 91% of top performers in organizations say that they want accountability in their organization, not just for themselves, but for the people that they work with. The reason for that is they want to perform at their absolute best. If they don't get some of the things that we we're talking about, if they don't have good leadership, if they don't have people above them that are making good sound decisions that are delegating properly, they're managing conflict in the right ways, they're going to go somewhere else because they're a top performer. You know, so that, that notion of how do we retain people really does come back to how leaders work within their organizations to do the things that we're talking about. You, you mentioned soft skills multiple times. I'm right there with you. I actually think that these are the hardest skills that we possibly could have. These are actually harder than any type of programming skills that we could have or harder than any type of specialization educational opportunities that might be out there because we don't engage in them from this training standpoint. I will always make the argument that these are fundamental skills, but these are also skills that are lifelong lessons to be learned. Because here's the reality. We're putting people into some of these positions like supervisor positions or manager positions, expecting them to just naturally get it. Why? Because they perform pretty well. Two different worlds. Right. Like this is like the most obvious issue yep. and everyone knows it. You're yep. a good machine operator. You suck yep. as a manager because you hey. hate people and you were good by yourself running cardboard through a machine that made Budweiser packaging. Exactly. I worked at a box plant. Sorry, that's a little personal. So like, <laughs> exactly. it, so like you did really good. So we, we have this idea. Well, because you're good and you see it in sales a lot. Yep. You can take the number one producing salesman. Go tell everyone how to do it now. That yep. person just may be very charismatic and have this personality that people are attracted to. They may be better looking than you. They, there's all <laughs> kinds of things. We don't like to talk about the reality of that, but we know it's true, right? And oh, so without a doubt. There, there's this huge thing. So we take this person, you might have the best leaders who are not the best performers. We directly connect with you, but it's not the case. Maybe for your productivity, maybe you want to keep your best machine operator on the machine and not take them off that, but take right. someone that's light with people that can engage in, and yep. kind of keep people in there. And that's, that's a big thing for retention, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and, and I'll add one piece of that. While he's on that machine making that cardboard beer box, Train him on these skills that we're talking about. Train him on how to delegate. Train him on how to communicate effectively. Train him on how to be strategic. All those things can play out in the role that they serve. That's what is going to set him up, not only success in the current role, it's going to show value. It's going to show an investment into that individual. It's going to get him involved in ways that, that maybe you haven't traditionally done. But more importantly, it's going to show you whether or not you're going to be able to promote that individual into a type of manager, supervisor type of role. And then when they're in it, they're not relying on some magic pill that you give them that, that makes them wake up on Monday morning and be a, a great leader. No, you've done your investment, you've done your work, and you've trained them. Let me address one other thing in here. The CEOs are not out of this conversation at the same time. Oh, you know, and I, I, I'm, yes. I'm not going to let them get off the hook. In fact, right. I, would, I would make the argument that a lot of 
senior leaders in our organizations, you know, the, the people who've been there 20, 30 years, yeah, they have some experience. They have a lot of years on their belt that have allowed them to be really good at what they do, but are they great leaders? Have they changed? Have they been able to adapt? Do they understand multi-generational workforce? Do they understand that 21-year-old kid that's coming out of college trying to step into the organization? Maybe. Well, boy, what, what would happen if we gave them some of the similar skill sets that we're talking about, you know, that, that our box cutters are talking about? What if everyone was actually using some of the same knowledge, some of the same uh, wording, educational perspectives, and, and, and are able to pivot in a way that makes the whole team drive towards those goals? That's just organizations. Right. And I see this thing. And tell me from your experience doing all this training and development, if, if you see this. So you have a guy that gets promoted to safety manager. In a lot of companies, our safety council are not trained, dedicated safety folks. Maybe they're in HR. Maybe they're quality control purchasing managers. They're a maintenance supervisor, and then they get added on the task. And so maybe they took a leadership workshop here or there, or they took a, you know, 21 Laws of Leadership by John <laughs> Maxwell at the church yep. or something. Whatever yep. it is, they're, they've, they've kind of like, maybe their company stepped out and gave them an hour here, an hour here. And then they go to the job site. But the leadership meeting they saw on LinkedIn may not necessarily fit the culture of the industry in, or they tried to apply, and there's a frustration that sets in because this is a long-term growth thing, right? So then yeah. they come in, and they're trying to be nice and shake hands and start these small conversations, build relationships. But as soon as crap hits the fan, they go back to the default mode. And the wow. default mode is, how did I handle stress when I was raised? If, yep. if I was raised in a house that snips at each other, guess what? I'm going to start snipping at employees. And so in the safety world, we always talk about don't be the safety cop. No one likes the safety cop, but yep. everyone becomes a safety cop because at some yep. point they're, they're not influencing the decision or people aren't compliant. And so they have this huge thing where they're like, Oh, I've tried all that junk. You know, then you talk to them about leaders and they're like, Oh, I've tried. No, no, no. This is a long term growth that never ends and yep. everybody could be a better leader. Some yep. people more naturally gifted at it. But this thing isn't like, I just take an hour workshop and I'm fine. All my leadership issues are gone. Oh, you, yeah. When you do a Crestcom, there's a process. There's a coaching aspect to it that is, man, this is longer than just an hour or two here. And I know those things are convenient. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at memes, all these different stuff, which we'll get to toward the end. But how does someone from your experience, the, the most development, is it being accountable to a coach, having the coaching there, the training? I know there's a combination there, but from your experience, what process develops the best leaders over time and doesn't allow that person to give up? The person that said, well, I tried this or I took this webinar yeah. on leadership, but none of that works. What would you say yeah. to that person and what advice would you give them? Yeah, uh, you, I think you captured several of the pieces that I, I think make it really successful. You know, the way I, I look at it is it is a lifelong journey. You know, so that's one piece of it. So does that mean that you sign up for Crestcom leadership for your entire life? Absolutely not. But what it means is that when you're engaged in this type of training, instead of sitting there hearing stuff for two hours, you're actually getting information that's bite-sized, that you're able to take and use and apply it. From that, you create an action plan. The coaching side of it comes into debriefs that you and, and I would have, and, and we would talk about what you learned from class. More importantly, we would talk about how you apply it. What are the, some of the challenges to that? Where could we possibly coach you to maybe think about things a little bit differently? The other part that I think is really important is your, your your leadership, your supervisors are a part of that process too. They see your action plan, they measure it, uh, they 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 are weighing in whether or not it's, it's something that you should be focusing on or should be you know maybe pivoting towards. Um, 
you take all those pieces, you take the action plan, you take your supervisor, you take your debrief, you take the class content, you apply it in between our classes. The classes are stretched out over the course of at least six to 12 months. Our full pro program is, is, a, is a 12-month program. After you graduate from that program, you have a, a chance to come back quarterly and have some of the conversations around some of our new modules that we have on some of those fundamental skills. But it's that process. And I think for me, that is what is probably the most important uh, piece of this. And, and you referenced it. It becomes a process to which we check our mindset. You know, we check where we're at personally, maybe where some of our biases are when it comes to this leadership work that we're, we're managing. We figure out how to hold ourselves accountable to where we're at. More importantly, we're figuring out how do we keep moving forward, knowing that our, our worlds are changing. I mean, COVID, the last two, three years, right? Like how we lead now is different. People know that. Right. But yet they're defaulting. They're, you, you hit on that. They default back to what worked and what worked isn't working to make us great. It might work to make us good. But boy, I'm, I'm really pushing this notion of how do we become great leaders? You know, like, how do we, we do something a little bit different than what we did yesterday? How do we do something tomorrow than what we did today? You know, like, how do we move hearts in a way that just make people better, not just at work, but at home? Better husbands, better fathers, better moms, better aunts, uncles, partners, what, whatever it is, whatever relationship you're in, how do you lead out of those spaces? Like this stuff hits home for me probably more so with my children than the people I work with in the business world. Yeah, I want to hit my... that point. I'm going to wait one second because please, gonna, I want to throw something in here that's then we're going to go right back because I think it's going to be relevant yeah. to that. I'm actually working on a video where it kind of came to me like, especially when you talk about different industries and different mm -hmm. generations because it's going to yeah. tie in right what you're saying. And I kept thinking, I find myself going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, <laughs> and I think, I think it's like you, you learn it in high school or middle school, wherever they teach it. I don't even remember now, college, whatever. Yeah. And you, you read through it and you're like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Great. And it applies to so many things. And so what I realized is, you know, my great grandparents were West Virginia. My grandparents were in West Virginia and they mm -hmm. had a outhouse years after other people had toilets because just the area they were in was so poor. They had a different mindset, and it was pretty much like they were not lazy people. Like my dad dropped out of school in seventh grade yeah. to go work because there was just no money and school was irrelevant because you needed to survive. And so mm -hmm. that survival mentality was a completely different motivational factor. So when you go and you look at Maslow's hierarchy need, the first one is physiological needs or basic needs, food, yeah. water, shelter. That's very important. And then you go to safety and security, and that could include financial security and, and all that stuff. But then it goes into love and belonging, self-esteem, and self-actualization. Yeah. So the people that were born generationally, you're talking about the traditionalists, their parents lived in the Great Depression, and so they mm -hmm. raised them up with their values. Like my mom, when I was a kid, would rewash like plastic spoons. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I did it, and I did it, and I had my ex-girlfriend one time was like, uh, why do you, why do you rewash <laughs> a plastic spoon? And I'm like, I don't know, we've always done it. You know what yeah. I mean? We've always done it that way. And I never even thought about it. I'm like, it's a half a penny, but why waste the, the penny or whatever? And I just, mm -hmm. I when I was younger, I, I just realized, and I had that epiphany after she called me out on it. She's like, it's disposable. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I was like, I don't, just because I was raising it. And so what happens is when you have people that come from poverty or you come from that hard generation, and you can even hear in their language and they're like, listen, I work all the time to put food on a table and yeah. I put a roof over your head. 
Well, very few people struggle with that in all reality. Yeah. Like even the homeless statistics, because I work in that field, right. are completely manipulated. There's mm-hmm. not 385,000 people without that's that's including people with their. They make it look like you have no roof over your head. That's including transitional housing and what's not considered permanent housing. Right. So there's not even you know what I mean. So the majority, and I know it's tragic, and I'm not trying to make light of that, but what I'm saying is the that generation had that branded in their head. Their driving force was actually fear. And I call it the red zone between physiological needs and safety and security needs. So that generation, it was all about putting food on the table, working, even when they had it. So when they had it, like you saw the boomers. So, yeah. okay, we got the food, we got the shelter, we got the roof over the head, and we have our retirement taken care of. What's next? College fund, right? Everything's yeah. like, here, let's start this like uh, youth, youth account for my kids, and let's start this. And like, It was all about security. It's a security mindset. I have... Yeah place i'm going to protect that now you fast forward to gen x you go to millennials millennials like the whole thing right and this isn't this is a speech on generations but it's so relevant most of uh millennials they move out to the 30 right so they had children they had food at mom's house all the time all these and i'm not making fun of them because my wife's a millennial and i'm right on the cusp between sure gen x. yeah within depending what model you look at i could be one i don't know so so you go through there and and but it was like work was the ends to a mean. So the motivating factor goes up to two levels. I call it the green zone. It's in between the love and belonging stage and the self-esteem stage where you want recognized, you want yep. respect. You want to respect your peers. You want to be respected by your leadership. And it really comes down to, I have options. In the yep. economy where people can't find enough employees, at any time, I could go find three to five other jobs pretty easily. Fear-based leadership doesn't work anymore. I need leaders that are going to build me up. They're going to affirm me. They're going to help me grow. They're going to respect me. And I'm going to find my tribe, so to speak, where I like coming to work and I enjoy coming to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Would yep. you find that to be true? Oh, without There's a doubt. A huge generational shift in the way we lead. So some but, industries some industries say, like, well, they're still trying to hate on to you. If you don't do that, you're out of here, pal. Well, that exactly. doesn't work because no one can find employees. Yep. And here, here's the thing. So – I think you're spot on, uh, and we, we talk about this on a regular basis in, in quite a few of our modules that we have. What you described about the millennials, that, that they want to feel valued, that they want to be respected, that they want to have good relationships, the boomers are saying the same exact thing right now. Yeah, that, which it's is, a human it's, trait. It's, it's, it's a human need, it is, right? Right. So, okay, the way that the boomers talk about it might sound differently than the way the, the millennials sound about the shared value there. The shared concern, the shared fears are very similar. How do you as a leader then manage that? There are strategies. There's ways that you communicate. There's ways that you can delegate. There's ways that you can have accountability conversations with all these individuals that starts to make the the difference. So yes, from a retention standpoint, if you have a boomer that's coming in and saying, my way or the highway, I'm going to terminate you if you don't do this well. I'm going to scare you to death so that, that you get the work done. Of course, they're not going to respond to it. They want to, the, the millennials want to understand how they have value, how the work that they're doing is going to contribute to big picture, big picture outcomes for the organization, for the people that they work with. Why would we not all want that in our organization? The people that recognize that, that figure out how to manage it from that lens, the ones that are making decisions that allow for those voices to be heard, they're the ones succeeding. But in the middle of all this, going back to kind of how we start a conversation, we got supervisors, managers that have never been trained in these conversations. They've never engaged in the conversation around how to bridge multi-generational workforces. They've never been trained on how to 
prioritize based off of limited resources, limited time. They've never been trained on how to implement strategies and processes to how we lead. You know, it goes back to what we've talked about. Like everyone's expecting these magic pills to appear and all of a sudden we're great leaders. No, it takes work. It takes effort. It's a process. It's a mindset. You know, you go into it learning. Yeah, that's one piece of it. You go into it saying, you know, there's options. There's processes. There's ways that we can actually proactively do something that's different. Okay, we're leading in a completely different place. That that creates culture in, a, in an organization in which people want to be there. They want to be involved. They want to be invested. They want to make positive changes, influence in positive ways. What happens as a result of that is they're proud to work at that place. They're proud to put on the logo that says Crestcom, or they're proud to, to put on the ball cap. They're, they're, they're walking away telling their friends and family, hey, this is a great place to work. You should come work here. You know, They're retiring from these places saying, hey, grandson, here's the application of the place I just spent 20 years of my life. You should go work there because it's great people. They take care of you. Boy, they challenge and, and support you. Boy, they do some things different than what you might experience going somewhere else. The value for grandson versus grandpa are going to be the same. The way they look at it and talk about it might be a little different, but boy, that shared value, that thing as a leader you got to figure out and how, how to how to manage, that's the difference maker. That's what separate that right now in this culture that we're in, this the society, this economic, you know, thing that we're going through, the companies that are doing that are booming right now. I'm not hearing them saying things like, I can't find good people. I'm not hearing them say things like, boy, we can't get our supplies. I'm not hearing them say things like, yeah, but I'm, I'm worried about this whole recession thing that's about to take place. No, 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 no. They've learned their lessons. They're applying a different mentality. They're taking a different approach to leadership and saying, yes, all that stuff might happen, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to take care of our people. We're going to challenge them in a different way. We're going to get innovative to, to our supply issues and our demands that we have. You know, we're going to build different relationships with our clients. We're going to pivot in these places. These are all opportunities. We're going to get people to do what we need them to do. We're going to lead them, including our own people, our customers, our families. Ah, all right. The companies that do that differently, they'll be fine. They're going to survive whatever it is that's going to be coming down the pipeline as far as whatever is out there in the world waiting for us. And that's that's this reality we live in. You know, like I'd be remiss to say this, but, you know, think about this, Mike. In our lifetime, we've had 9-11, we've had wars, we've had uh, recessions, we had the housing thing of 08. Every two, three years, something pops up. Oh, yeah, then we have this COVID thing. Oh, we got this recession thing. Oh, so-and-so is going to be running for office. Oh, uh, boy, you know, like... uh, Stop that. Stop that. That hasn't changed. That's that's history. You know, like, yeah, challenging. I'm not going to dismiss that piece of it. But leaders know how to manage and put process into place through those situations. That doesn't get rid of all the challenges. We're, we, we are going to be faced with challenges in our life every single day, not just at work, but at home. But boy, what do you want to do differently? Do you want to put a process to it? Do you want to put some skills towards it? Do you want to think about it a little bit differently? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. What is it then? All right. Let's talk about that. That's what we talk about in our CrestCon program. Years ago, I attended a church. This is probably going back like 2010, like years ago. I attended this church for about three years. And on Wednesday nights for about four or five weeks, they did like a leadership training. 
and and quite honestly, a lot of the leadership I've done since then has been way better. And this isn't criticizing what they did. They just yeah. kind of took it their perspective. I don't know how far. I think they just they went from their current thoughts and they didn't research you know much mm-hmm. out. But it's but it was a long time ago. It was a really good effort. Out of that, I became a better leader. <laughs> even though there there's probably better training out there. Not that's no disrespect. Again, it's yeah. just saying even out of training that isn't as good. Like I developed and I sat there and I'm sitting there listening to these business owners talk about leadership and how they lead. And I'm sure they failed because we all failed. Yep. And, and then that's the moment to get back up, dust yourself off and reworking it. Yep. But I'm sitting there during this leadership training. And I had this thought and I'm sitting there going, you know what? Everyone needs to hear this kind of stuff because leadership training makes better followers. And yep. so from that moment on, that's kind of stuck with me. I had a, a professor from university Texas at Austin, I interviewed, and he corrected me. He's like, leadership doesn't make better followers. It makes better leaders. I agree with that, but it does make better followers. Oh, and, yeah. and so, so if you're looking at that, depending on what mindset you have, it obviously makes better leaders. Mm-hmm. It makes better followers. And here's mm-hmm. the key to this. You may not be a supervisor. You may not be a manager. You may not be a boss, whatever you want to work, but you may be a mom or dad. Yep. And you, you may be a student that's an acquired school, what, whatever the case. Yep. And so everybody is a leader or yep. everybody can be a leader. You don't yep. need a position or title. And as you said earlier, some of the most important things, you know, we talk about this in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Some of the most important leadership starts with us in our own home. Yep. How do I lead my spouse? How yep. do I lead my kids? And it doesn't mean it's like this overarching authority. It's how do I lead at work? Not being the yep. boss. Yep. I could still be a leader, not being a position. Right. It's about making right decisions taking care of what's in my hand, offering kind suggestions, not criticism to people around us. Yeah. And how much, Kevin, because I know this is a passion of yours, how, how important is it, does that leadership in our private life affect our leadership in our professional life? I don't see how you can do one without the other. For me, the way I'll, I'll frame this conversation is, what is leadership? Simple definition, what is leadership? Now, I think the challenge with that question is that society, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is, those memes that you and I were joking about, it, it's kind of diluted what this this notion of leadership is. In fact, it's probably put some false claims on it. It probably, uh, in some cases, I, I, you know, puts it puts it up on a pedestal as an idol in, in a way in which you know we we hold celebrities that literally do nothing as as our societal leaders. Uh, like all, all that stuff, you know, just is not it. You know, when, when you think about what leadership is and its basics of definition, it's getting people to do what you need them to do. Now, a lot of people don't like that definition because of, well, you got to you got to be a multimillionaire. You got to be an athlete. You got to be this. You got to be Mr. CEO with a business degree to be a leader. No, 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 no. Leadership is getting you getting you to be able to have people respond, to be able to get people to do what you need them to do. Okay. Well, if you love your wife, if you love your children, and you want them to be the best version of themselves, aka get them to do what you want them to do, because I love you and I care for you, you're going to lead them. You know, if you work with people in, in an office space, you care about them because you spend, you know, 10 hours a day with them. You want them to be the best version of themselves. You want them to perform. Okay, you're going to lead them. You know, you, 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 if you own a business, a company, you know, you're responsible for not only those those people, but your clients and, and, and their families. And you understand the impact to, to Portage County and, and, and our economy here in Northeast Ohio. Okay, we're going to think about this a little differently. We're going we're gonna to lead them because we, we want them to be successful. We want them to be in a place in which they get better, 
that they're the best version of themselves. We care, we love them, whatever the case might be. Okay, then lead them. My co-host that's usually on here with me, Nick Koya, is a Broomfield trustee, also is a safety consultant for the state of Ohio. And him and I talk about this all the time because years ago we worked, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years in regards to safety council. And when I first got on, and I, I served on several different committees, and I won't name them, on the community in the early days of my work with FCS. And so, so many places, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, it was so depressing. All these communities were like, there would always be at least one or two people. They'd be like, hey, guys, just a reminder, we're Portage County. We're not Cleveland, Akron, and Youngstown, okay? <laughs> so we're just Portage County, a little Portage County. So we don't really have to, do, like, be any important, try to be special, let them be special, and we're just going to be a little Portage County. Like that kind of attitude, you know, and it would just get under my skin. And we had it on our committee in the early days, and, and Nick and I would just get so fired up. We're like, no, someone has to stop saying that. We're on committees because we want to help. Let's yeah. lead. Let's lead the community. Okay, I'm not the mayor. I'm not yeah. the county commissioner. That's fine. But what I have in my hand right now is the safety council. Exactly. What I have is this committee that you guys invited me to be a part of. Yeah. So as long as I'm spending time here, I'm going to lead. I'm not going to try to take everything over. I'm going to be respectful, but I have ideas. Let's exchange. Let's be involved. And let's start to lead our county from our little sphere of influence. Yeah. We, right. we don't have to be in charge, but someone else could. And now you, you don't hear many people saying that no more 10 years later. And it wasn't because of us. I think a lot of people just start realizing, you know, we shouldn't talk like that and kind of found a better way. But sure. it's so yeah. important. And, man, sure. I wish I wish we had more time because I know you got an appointment to get to. And I could I could literally go another two hours. We'll have to have you back on because yeah, we want to do this hot or not thing with these memes, these yeah. leadership memes that. They, it's like a bag of hot wind, you know, it comes you're like, oh, I'm so inspired. And then the next, you go back and do the same thing you always have. Yeah. So I, 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 I want to break up those things. I want to, I want you to tell me if they're hot or they're not, or if they're just a waste of time of a bag of hot air. And so we're, hey, we're going to do that in a few Yeah. Days. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I want to talk about some of that stuff. Cause I, I think, you know, the, what, when I always think about that stuff, it, what it comes back to for me is just, you know, what's trending out there right now? You know, like what, what, what what are some of the things that people are thinking that they should be doing? In reality, it might be something totally different. It's probably a one eighty from from that meme or that TikTok or whatever it is that you saw, you know that that maybe you know led to your mor- morning motivation for that day. Not, again, <laughs> like that stuff is fine. You know, I, mean, yeah. I I think there's a place for it, but you know the reality is when you you put a process, when you put a mindset into these things, it doesn't matter what what Kim Kardashian has to say. It doesn't matter what. LeBron James is doing like okay yeah cool we take note of that stuff but the reality is and to your point you know we're we're in positions you know no matter if it's our local organizations our our, our places of work our our homes our churches you know whatever it might be we're we're in these positions for a reason a purpose all right what are you going to do with that opportunity you know are you going to lead from that space and, and I I loved your your notion about following in that space you know that the, if this this definition of leadership is getting people to do what you need them to do, as a leader you step back at times. As a leader you follow. As a leader you push instead of pull. As a leader you do you know X Y and Z. But boy, it's all because of that mindset that that we want to make people better. That we want to uh, pull people in a place in which they feel inspired and passionate and 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 motivated to want to get up tomorrow and do it again and probably do it a little bit better. That that right there, my friend, is a game changer. Kevin, so before we get out of here, someone wants to reach out to you like, hey, I've been looking for leadership development training. 
What's Crestcom? What do you do? How do I get a hold of you? Yeah, the best place to get a hold of me uh, is Crestcom.com. You can go to that website. You can find the information there. You can send me an email, kevin.mowers, M-O-W-E-R-S, at Crestcom.com. My phone number, 330-906-3766. Email, text me, find me on social media. I'm on all the platforms right now. You know, hit like on the stuff. If you're interested, we do do a weekly newsletter in which we are sharing some of these tips, giving you opportunities for uh, you or your team to get connected with with Presscom and just have these conversations around leadership development. I do a no obligation uh, conversation like what Mike and I are having right now. If you want to talk about this stuff, get in touch with me. You know, I'll talk about the organization. We'll talk about some of the challenges, whatever it is that's, that's on your heart and mind. We can talk about it. So website, uh, crestcom.com, kevin.mowers at crestcom.com, or shoot me a text at 330-906-3766. And I will say this because I'm not supposed to give public endorsements and I've never been to your training, but longtime steering committee member who's been around before I even took over the safety council 10 years ago, Renee Nesty, who I believe is the chief operating officer or something now, whatever. She's pretty high up. She's been promoted uh, pretty high up. At Kent Elastomer Products, went through the training, just, I think, just recently graduated, didn't she? Correct. Yep. And she's like, Mike, you got to meet Kevin. I've been doing this training. I knew she's going through training, but I didn't really know. Day it's announced. She's like, as soon as I'm done, I'm connecting you. That's how Kevin and I met is yep. Renee went through this training and said, you got to meet Kevin. And so she highly recommends it. I can't publicly endorse anything, but <laughs> she highly recommends it. So if you want leadership training and you're like, listen, we've done the one hour seminar one hour webinar kind of thing and it just it's good it feels right and then we go back to doing what we're doing come in there let kevin coach you a little bit and take you through the process of leadership exactly. not just the meme not just the feel good bag of wind that feels refreshing and inspiring and then go back to do the same thing because that's what we don't want to happen because leadership is so important kevin thank you so much for joining us today i know you got to get on the call we're going to get out of here everybody out there thank you for listening and don't forget be safe Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe.